for hospice, pray for his grandparents. They both just, just so need a touch from God. Lord, every need. Any words? There should be some words come out of that this morning. We used to sing that song years ago. There was a boy here, probably seven, eight years old. He told his mother, he said, why don't we sing that salty song anymore? <laughs> That's that salty song. <laughs> Debbie, come on. During the worship, um, I had a vision, and it's not unique to me. Um, Bobby Connor shared this years ago, but I saw it again this morning, and our praise was going up, and the Lord was taking our praise and forming it to a fireball, and he was throwing it back to heaven in the places that concern us, our families, whatever situations there are. The fire of God was coming as we were worshiping, and I just claimed that for my children that I'm believing God for, that his fire, even as we worship, is having an effect. Amen. Well, we bless about that half of our group that's away today on that cruise. Let me uh, share some things with you. A federal judge ruled that a school district in Pennsylvania must allow Satanic Club to rule, have their sway. I mean, that's the world we're living in. Fort Worth, a top U.S. hospital, has a study in preprint that shows more the more COVID shots their employees get, the higher their chances of catching COVID itself is. It's uh, the Cleveland Clinic's one of the largest networks of hospitals, and they, I think that was through 40,000 tests or something. But yesterday, the carefully crafted promotions of the coronation rites of Charles III have the nation beguiled Mass media is bubbling over with uh, some kind of joy here at the strange rituals and pageantry of the king's ascent, the likes of which have not been seen in 70 years. But the real question remains, what darkness lurks behind the pomp and spectacle of oh, the screen hiding the sacred anointing? Why is the green man featured prominently on the coronation invitation, does the king now take his place as the highest level mason in the entire world? I'm telling you, there's that's the demonic side. Of course, you've probably heard a gunman fatally shot at least eight people and injured seven others at uh, Allen, Texas yesterday in a mall. But our God is on the move. But there, there is a resistance. There, there is a battle against that. And some good news, <clears throat> Nathan Dom, who's a strong Christian man, was elected uh, chairman for the Oklahoma Republican Party, and Wayne Hill was, is the vice. So that. And Casey's inviting us to his back of Lord service this afternoon at 2 o'clock. Casey, I'm glad you told me. I didn't know that was today. Our senior. First Baptist Church. Now, next Sunday's Mother's Day. Then the next Sunday, two weeks from today, Prophet Clay Nash will be here. He texted me yesterday, and we talked a little bit. So uh, he'll be showing up. Kyle, would you put that scripture up in Luke for me? But you know, here a few, it may have been a year or two ago, several of the big stores did away with Mike Lindell's stuff because he stood for Trump. Bad Bath and Beyond was one of them. They quit him when he came out for Trump. And that's just interesting. They're... They're closing all their stores now. He stands for Jesus. Yeah, excuse me. He stands for Jesus first and Trump second. Excuse me. 
I'm telling you, God's on the move. These big corporations think they've got it together, but uh, God just laughs at them. And I just remind you of this verse. As we get ready to take our offerings, give and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, for by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. That little devotion book, I got so much out of the way they said that. That what you have doesn't, doesn't even depend on God. It depends on how you respond to what God has said that he would do. If it's dry in your place, ask him about your giving. So, uh, any giving testimonies today? Well, come on, let's stand up. Just hold your offering up to the Lord. Lord, we want to start this month off. We're, we're sowing into your kingdom. We're believing you. He Listen, he'll do everything you're believing him to do. And giving... You're having your finances in divine order is a big key. And Lord, I speak blessings over the offering. I speak blessings over everyone that's here. Lord, give us wisdom and strategy in everything we do. Lord, that we'll keep our eyes on you. And I bless you in Jesus' name. Now just bring your offerings and greet someone you haven't greeted this morning. Yeah. I just wanted to give a testimony real quick. Uh, I've been working less and uh, been getting paid more. So, <laughs> praise God. We want to work smarter, not harder. Byron, you remember our meeting tonight? Morning, Ken. How are you? I'm glad you're here. Good. Are you ready for the word? Uh, I'm telling you, God's on the move now. We've welcomed the Holy Spirit. We've salted Him, exalted Him. Casey, I'm proud of you. Lord, we just bless you. We bless Angie. She's going to bring the word today. Lord, we call forth. What we all need, what we need to hear this morning, we call that forth in Jesus' name. Regardless of what she's got, Lord, you give her what we need in Jesus' name. I've Amen. Already, I already told him that. <laughs> or said that. I didn't tell him, but you know what I mean. Because I was like, Lord, you know, I feel like this is what you gave me, but, you know, if there's something else that you're wanting to say, then... That little Roman could come up here and be all right with me. So <laughs> this is, I just want to kind of make some declarations because this is such a house of miracles. And, you know, I was just, I, I feel like that anyone even watching this by Facebook or whatever, you know, you should do everything you could to get here because... Um, there is a real convergence that's taking place here. Um, I, I just feel like that there's a lot of things coming together, and the Lord is really bringing uh, some people together. He's bringing um, 
and whenever that comes together, I just feel like he's empowering that and, and going to do even more. And um, I, I just know that the, um, there, there's miracles in this room. There's more miracles to come. Eric, would you shut that? Thank you. And I, I just pray that um, the Lord will continue to stir us. The Lord will continue to um, give us the faith because it's not what we see. And um, God is moving here in a mighty, mighty way. And he's done many things. And I was thinking back about years ago, well, a few years ago, um, whenever uh, Rob walked in here for the first time in a long time, and the experience that he had of there wasn't anybody here. And, and just the power of God's presence that he felt in this place. And sometimes we get familiar with something. We don't want to get familiar with the presence of God. He's holy. And he has a lot to say. And he's, he moves mightily. And that spirit of revival, that spirit of renewal that he is doing here, we want that to continue. We want to continue to stir that. We want to steward that well. Did you have something? Go ahead. Go ahead. This is for Anna in Sweden. God hasn't forgotten you. He is perfecting those things that concern you and your family. And I decree that over you in Jesus' name. You know, that's not just for her. He hasn't forgot any of us. And uh, there's people that can be in this room and feel all alone. So you don't have to go off to a foreign country or to, be, to feel all by yourself. And because that's a scheme of the enemy. But the, I just want to continue to stir and ask the Lord to continue to bring his gifts, his callings forward. And I just, um, there's been some opposition just within myself of um, some of the stuff that I want to bring forth today. So I, I just stand against anything that doesn't come by the way of the Lord. The blood of Jesus is over this service. It's over every word that comes out of my mouth, and there won't be any twisting between my mouth and your ear in Jesus' name. So I want to uh, read a, a verse to you out of Haggai, and I didn't give it to Kyle, so don't worry about Kyle, but it just says, My spirit stands firm and immovable and continues with you. Do not fear. I will fill this house with glory and splendor, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. And the latter glory of this house will be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I shall give the ultimate peace and prosperity, declares the Lord of hosts. Just happened to run across that yesterday, and I just want to prophesy that over this place that... Um, the best is yet to come for ascension. The best is yet to come for you. And anybody that's feeling hopeless or hopeless, hopeless or hopeless, yeah. If you're feeling that, we say no to that today in Jesus' name because the best is yet to come. His spirit is uh, standing firm. He, he, he's not uh, moved by circumstances. He's not moved by King Charles getting a crown put on his head. God is still the ultimate king of kings and the Lord of lords. Men can do whatever, and they can try to put fear on us. They can try to do whatever they want, but I am standing firm on Jesus. I know you are. We could stand up here and read all day of all the bad that's going on, but we say no to it. We are not going to be moved by it any longer. We choose to keep our eyes focused on the Lord. I, I want to uh, ask you to, if you would stand, and uh, Kyle's going to put up Luke 4. I'm going to ask you to stand and read this with me. This is uh, our mission statement of this church, 
And as you're reading this, this isn't just a word. You're declaring this over your life. Read this out loud with me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel of the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Amen. You can be seated. So this is your assignment. This is who we are. This is what we're to be about. Amen. And it's a lot like what um, Tommy spoke about last week. And you know, whenever we walk in the Holy Spirit and in His supernatural ways, God shows up and supernatural things happen. That's just what you talked about last week. Also, whenever our hearts are yielding and saying yes to God, the enemy takes notice. And he shows up as well. And a lot of times we're so unaware of what's going on, we become defeated and it stops us from moving into what God has for us and in the destiny that he has for us. And it stops us from operating in the supernatural. It does. And I appreciated your message last week. If you didn't hear it, it was just go on Facebook. It, it was posted so many times, it's out there somewhere. Tommy's surely famous over last week. But, I, and I, I, it was good. I, I really appreciate everything that you had to say. And I, I, what I appreciate even more was the response. Because you weren't responding to him. You're responding to, yes, God, I want more of you. Yes, I want to be in what you have for me. Yes, I want to walk in the supernatural. Yes, I want to do those things out of that Matthew verse that you, you said. It's very similar to that Luke. Uh, I want to be what God has for me. I want to um, help people get set free. The response was great. And we're all to respond. Every sing I think it, it takes an everyday response. It's not just a Sunday response. Because we come here and we say yes, and then you get in the car and somebody says something, and all that almost gets blowed right out the window. Huh? It does. It does. So I, I, but you know what's so interesting? This tool that we have, this Bible, the answers to all of that is right in there. And there um, is a situation that uh, the Lord just kind of led me to a chapter that um, kind of goes along with that of a man named Elijah that walked in the supernatural. And then he also then ran into a little opposition named Jezebel. And another opposition named Ahab. And so that's what I want to talk about because it's kind of interesting because it's all right there if we'll just dig in and read. It's, and it shows us some really important things on how to deal with these situations of I feel like Superman on Sunday after I hear the sermon and then I walk out the door and I'm... I can't even, I don't even know my name. I'm, I'm so defeated. So we have to find out um, a little bit about the enemy to know his ways so that uh, we don't get tricked because that's kind of what he likes to do is he likes to pull some punches. You know, Elijah was a man that walked in the power of God. Eli um, Jezebel was a woman who walked in the power of the enemy. Her husband, he supported her in her ways only to get his own way. And um, they were a great team, let's just say that. And you know, whenever there's someone that walks in power of God, there's always the counterfeit. And we think a lot of times that it's out those doors. But many times, it's sitting right beside us here in the church. And that's where we get befuzzled, I think, because sister so-and-so vexes us, and we can't figure out what's happened to us. Now, we, we would have a clue if it was somebody dressed with a pointed hat and a wand, okay? 
I don't know what to, if I start describing it, I get in trouble. But you know what I'm saying? We would recognize it if it looked too obvious. So it's usually something that um, is friendly to us of how the, the enemy works a lot of times. But I want to go to 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 1 through 4. If you want to check it out, open your word. Um, Kyle's got it up on the screen, and I just want to read these first four verses. There's a few characters in this. Um, to start off with, and it says, Now it happened after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go, show yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the face of the earth. They were in drought. So Elijah went to show himself to Ahab. Now the famine was severe in Samaria. Ahab called Obadiah, who was the governor of his house. Now Obadiah feared the Lord greatly. For when Jezebel destroyed the prophets of the Lord, Obadiah took a hundred prophets, and he hid them by fifties in a cave and provided them with bread and water. So the Lord spoke to Elijah to go deal with the drought. Turn myself off. And he told him, just go, what's he say? Go show yourself to Ahab. All you have to do is go show up. Go show yourself. Our presence should make such a difference that it changes the atmosphere. All he had to do was go show up. He didn't give him a whole list of instruction. Now, the story is going to continue, and there's a lot of things that he had to do. And obviously, he was so walking in the supernatural that as he went, he knew what he was supposed to do. He knew how to deal with the situation. He didn't have to go to the pastor. He didn't have to go back to the Word, you know. The Word wasn't, you know. He didn't have this book. It was in him. He knew what to do, but his presence, he was just, so whenever we walk in obedience, God should show up. His power should show up whenever, it's going to show up when we show up. If we're walking in where he's, I'm going to skip on down to verse 17. It says, when Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, are you the one who's bringing this disaster on Israel? And Elijah said, I have not brought disaster on Israel, but you, your father's household has, by abandoning, rejecting the commandments of the Lord, and by following the Baals. Now then, send word and gather to me all Israel at Mount Carmel, together with the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of the goddess Asherah and who eat at the Queen Jezebel's table. Elijah come to do business. And isn't it funny that he got accused of the very thing that he was there to take care of? Oh, are you here to cause trouble? Isn't that what they always say to the Christians? It's you guys' fault. And we're like, look, we're just here to bring prayer, to do, you know, to bring good. But Elijah knew his assignment, and it was bigger than just being there. It was to deal with the idol worship and the innocent bloodshed of the prophets on the land. He was there to deal with the dark. And the story goes on, and I'm not going to read it all, but um, he kind of um, Told he told he didn't kinda he told them that we they was gonna have a showdown, and whichever god brought fire on the altar that was gonna be the real god. They agreed to it. They set up their altar. They brought their ox, and those four hundred and fifty Baal worshippers of the no gods they prayed. They they. Cut themselves. They did everything they could to try to bring a fire down upon that altar to show that their God was real. Most of you all, I'm sure, know this story. Um, Elijah even chided him and was like, "Oh, come on, you know, are they asleep? What's going on?" You know, he kind of made a poked at him a little bit, and 
they worked all day on it and nothing happened. And so um, in verse 30, I won't, no, wait, I want to go to verse 24. He then says, Then you call on the name of your God, I will call on the name of the Lord, and the God who answers by fire, he is God. And all the people answered, It is well spoken. So that's, that's where things went. So then down to verse 30. Then Elijah said to all the people, Come near me. So all the people approached him, and he repaired and rebuilt the old altar of the Lord that had been torn down by Jezebel. And I thought that was interesting because he went and restored something um, that was the Lord's. He built back the Lord's altar. And then on that altar is where he uh, put the ox, he got it all ready, put the stones around it, and had them bring lots and lots of water. And they poured all the water on it. And then let's go to verse 36, and we're going to hear what he prayed then. At the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet approached the altar and said, O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and that I have done all of these things at your word. God, answer me. O oh, Lord, answer me so that this people may know that you are Lord. You, O oh, Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back to you. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and even the stones and the dust. It also licked up the water in the trench. Now that's powerful. The fire came down. God came down. And then something very supernatural happened. Elijah told the people, I mean, whenever they saw this happen, you know what they did? They fell to the ground. They fell on their faces. They knew that that was the true God that had showed up. And, but he told him, he said, you go gather up all of those false prophets. And he said, I'm, you know, he was getting ready to deal with them. That was his assignment. He took them down to the brook, and with his sword, he, he killed them all. That's pretty supernatural. One, that they all stayed right there and let it happen. I don't know. Think about that a second. That's pretty wild. I, I, and But, you know, this act alone is supernatural, and I'm not telling anybody to go out and kill anybody. But I, I'm saying that there's false no-gods, there's spiritual strongholds that it's our job to take down. First, you have to start with yourself. Then you deal with your family line then you can start thinking about your territory. But it's our job, just like what Elijah did in the natural, it's our assignment to deal with these things. What about that song that we just sang this morning, uh, When I Open My Mouth, The Darkness Flees? We're singing about it. Are we putting into practice what we're even singing about? We have a lot of power. We have as much power as Elijah did. We have the supernatural power, the resurrected power of Jesus that lives in us. And the enemy has us so distracted with so many things that we're not using what we have. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. What does that sound like? That's not just sitting at home saying, gosh, things are really rotten right now. My life sucks. I raise a hat. Even when you don't feel like it, you start singing. And it pushes back the darkness. But we don't do it because we're ticked. 
we're mad. So what do you do? You go to the refrigerator, get a bite to eat, take a pill. I don't know what you do. You do something usually, don't we? We do. We have to make this flesh feel better. We got to tap into the power that God has given us. That supernatural power that everyone responded to last week that said, I want it. You still want it today? We do. Let, let's look at uh, Psalms 149, 6-9. God's high and holy praises fill their mouths, for they shouted praise, for their shouted praises are their what? Weapons of war. You don't have to pick up a natural sword. It's in your mouth. It's in your mouth. These warring weapons, your mouth, so you're bringing something with your mouth. You're, you're hurting one way or the other. The warring weapons will bring vengeance upon every opposing force and every resistant power. You got a demon in your life? Tell it to go in Jesus' name. Fear's bothering you? Get out of here in Jesus' name. But what we can bind kings with chains and rulers with iron shackles. You know what? King Charles don't got nothing on us. He may be the next whatever. It doesn't matter. What? We're, we're going to bind that spirit up in Jesus' name. Look at what we have within us. We must engage praise-filled warriors. Who's that? That's us. Praise-filled warriors will enforce the judgment doom decreed against their enemies. This is the glorious honor he gives to all of his godly lovers. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Isn't that awesome? It's right there for us. It's right there for us. The enemy doesn't want us to know how to pull him down. Because he wants, he's, ha I, don't, I think the enemy's okay with us coming here. Just as long as we don't engage outside of here. You could sit here and get a pin every time you come in. I don't think the enemy's going to care at all. But it's, then what we're going to do once we get outside of here, we're going to cast out demons and heal the sick and, and proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. That's when he gets a little nervous, I believe. But let's go down, back to 1 Kings, down to uh, verse 41. Yeah. Now, Elijah said to Ahab, so uh, he'd killed everybody, taken care of everything, and he says to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of the roar of an abundance of rain. And I keep thinking about, I, I still believe there's some things to be dealt with in Osage County because we have yet to hear the roar of an abundance of rain in our territory. So I've been asking, Lord, what is the holdup? Tell us. We need to know. But Elijah said, the rain's coming. He, and it, I, I don't think it's any accident that he was telling that to Ahab. But the fire was first, and then the rain. He dealt with the things on the land, and then the rain came. We have to deal with the dark before the blessings come. God comes down when we start dealing with things. And that's what I just continue to see here um, that is happening. But let's go ahead and look then in verses 45 and 46. In a little while, the sky grew dark with clouds and wind, and there were heavy showers. And Ahab mounted and rode his chariot and went inland to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, giving him supernatural strength. He girded up his loins and outran Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel, nearly 20 miles. Now, we've heard about walking in supernatural ways, but he was running in supernatural ways. And I hope you caught that because Ahab was in a chariot and Elijah was on foot. 
And I haven't, I, I couldn't make it to the door to run. He ran 20 miles. <laughs> and I love that that he was talking about that he girded up his loins because, of course, I thought about Catherine and her just talking about this. So you know what he did. He got his tunic up and he booked it. So, But I love that because... I was thinking about your scripture, Tommy, that you talked about, because he did, Elijah did those things. He healed the sick, which was the land. He raised the dead, which was that altar. And he cast out the demons. He took down those 450. He was doing those things. He was supernaturally taking care of business back then. All of the things that happened in just this one chapter we would look at these things and think, oh, my Lord, I will never doubt you ever again. You are powerful. My faith, my trust is in you. I will never waver ever again, just like most of us did after we left here last Sunday. God, you can. You, you can do anything. Look how he used just one man. He took down the enemy. It rained. He called down the rain in the middle of drought. And we think, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to be. I'm going to be that one. And then chapter 19 comes. And we've all experienced a chapter 19. And let's read those first four verses. Now, Ahab told Jezebel... See, he got home, he rode his chariot home, he went straight home to his wife to tell her of everything that just had happened. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all of the prophets of Baal with the sword. That's, that's her men, that's her people he just took out. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me, and even more, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like the life of one of them. She sent a big threat to him. And Elijah was afraid. He was afraid. Remember, we weren't going to be afraid anymore. Remember, we just experienced all this supernatural things of the Lord. Elijah was afraid and rose and ran for his life. And he came to Beersheba which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. But he himself traveled a day's journey into the wilderness. He came, he sat down under a juniper tree and asked God that he might die. He said, it is enough now, O Lord. Take my life, for I am no better than my father's. The supernatural Elijah <laughs> ran for his life. He had just had this great experience with God. And one little lady sent a message to him, and he ran and asked God to kill him. Some of y'all have experienced some of those little ladies. <laughs> that one lady named Jezebel had a very powerful force behind her. So strong that the man of God ran from one little old message. And I'm here to, I want to lay this out for you today because this is something that so defeats the Christian walk. That very same force, that very spirit behind her is still in operation today. It is referred to as the Jezebel spirit. That spirit operates the same way today to stop the very move of God and to stop us. And it's probably in every church uh, worldwide. And that's what I want to talk about just a little bit here. We know in order to win the battle, you need to know what you're up against. And I was thinking about, there's many, uh, you've heard of a lot of uh, generals and commanders that they go study out their enemy. They go study out different battles, uh, previous battles, so that they can strategically win. Well, I've been studying it out, and I want to help you. Because we need to win over this. We have to be aware of who our enemy is. 
So let's expose the spirit of Jezebel. And um, I, I want to say clearly, many of you probably could know way more about this than I. You don't have to come up to me afterwards and say this, this, and this. This is just like one page out of a book about this spirit. Um, we could talk for probably years of exposing this. So this is just a little tiny tidbit. I understand that I'm not giving the whole picture, but I'm just trying to give you a little glimpse so that you can be aware if, if you brush up against this. And I promise you, we have all had a touch of this, had a taste of this at some time or another. And... and Several months ago, I, I saw someone on uh, Facebook talking about a Jezebel spirit. So I messaged them and I asked them, what is that? And they was like, oh, well, you know. And I said, yeah, I do. I want to know what you think it is. And their idea of it was that it was just like a, a seducing, like a prostitute, I, I think was more of what you know, they, they didn't, they were just kind of, they'd heard it and they were just kind of throwing it out there and they really didn't know. I was just trying to see what the world kind of thought about what, what it was. But um, I want to try to expose some of this so that we can uh, be aware. Um, in this story, we obviously, the Jezebel is female. The Jezebel spirit can operate in a male or it can operate in a female. So it doesn't care about a gender. So if I refer to it as a she, it doesn't necessarily mean that the spirit isn't female or male. Um, I, I did kind of refer to this earlier that most of the time that it does want to work here at, in, within the body of Christ in the church because, um, and we've seen it out there, you've seen a controlling person out in the world but um, it, it's bigger than control, most generally. Um, we've seen a classic um, male right here in Skytook. It, it went viral uh, of a man operating in this spirit. Um, we had a prophetic person uh, tell us years ago that he had seen some of the most classic Jezebels here, right here at Ascension. And, um, and you're like, well, why? Well, let, I want to tell you, this is a prophetic house. What was that very first the, uh, scriptures that we read? Jezebel destroyed the prophets of the Lord. The Jezebel spirit hates the prophetic. This is a prophetic house. The Jezebel spirit will probably always try to operate in this place. But I want to tell you something. This is always going to be a prophetic house. The prophetic is always going to be speaking in this house. It's always going to be welcome in this house. And Jezebel is not going to be able to operate in this house. I'm just making that declaration. But they show up here to stop the prophetic. And you know what they do? They draw them to you. They're to you. you draw, they draw you to them. I'm having trouble getting this out. They, um, and get this, they'll have a prophetic word for you. It's not from the Lord. So you have to be discerning. You have to be discerning. The spirit of Jezebel hates the prophetic. The spirit of Jezebel is not a demon. It's a contending principality. It releases a spirit of control manipulation, it loves to stir up strife, and it dispatches demonic prophetic messengers at you to release fear. So it, it's controlling. See, this is going to help you to recognize that when you come up against it, it's controlling, it's manipulative, stirs up strife, it brings fear, it totally shuts you down totally wants to just stop you from being that supernatural person that God's called you to do. That's exactly what happened to Elijah. The spirit operates in the spiritual arena. That's why it's hard to uh, pinpoint it. 
You can't hardly put a finger on what they're doing. I can't go to you and say, I mean, they'll spin things so out of control. You, you can't explain it. And a lot of spiritual things you can't explain. But it's in operation. It's working. It works out of a spirit of witchcraft. In conversations, these people look for areas of discouragement. Oh, they love to see you down. You know why? Oh, the pastor just doesn't understand you. I can help you. Let, I just see God's got something for you. He, you're better than this place. They don't understand you. Come to my home group, and I can give you a word, and I can build you up, and they just don't get you. See? That's how they operate. They look for areas of where you're discouraged. Probably one of their question, favorite things is, is, are you okay? Is everything okay with you? Now, if somebody says that to you, that doesn't mean they're Jezebel. <laughs> I'm just saying that you, we have to be aware of these things. We do need discernment. Uh, they want to bring up uh, former problems. Want to discuss. Why? Because they want to gain access to your emotions. And when they got your emotions, they love to go after the spiritual weaker ones. I've just seen this happen. Hello? They take them right out of here. They prey on the weak ones, those that don't know any better, because they're, they're so concerned. Oh, they, they just don't get, we need to stay together. We all kind of got the same wounds and problems, and we can help each other, and they don't understand. They go after the young, the youth. They're impressionable. They can snare them up quickly. And they, here's, here, this is a classic one. They hate to be told no. Years ago, we experienced this with one, and uh, my dad asked me to just to kind of be right there, and he was, oh, I, I know, this isn't going to be any big deal. I can just handle this right before church. This isn't any great big deal, you know. I mean, that's not what he said, but I knew that's what he was thinking. We can just... He tried to say about two sentences to this person, and I mean, they shot off like a rocket. And that wonderful relationship that he had with them, that he thought, oh, well, he can just straight, you know, you know how dads are. I, I can just straighten this out right quick. Yeah, we got straightened. You know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, they do not like to be told that they could have possibly been wrong at any, at any time. Amen. They always have an Ahab to guard them, to allow them to function and to operate. So the, I guess they kind of work in pairs. And it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a husband and wife. That's one thing that I'm kind of seeing in this. Because we, we've kind of, in our minds, because of this story, we felt like that it has to be a husband and wife. It doesn't have to be a husband and wife. Because the Lord kind of showed me, I, I've just experienced and seen this, and it, it was two women. It wasn't a husband and a wife. Ahab had witnessed all that Elijah had accomplished. Remember our story we just read? He knew when he got home and she heard that the prophet of God had taken out all of her bell prophets, she was going to be really ticked off. He was just as nasty as she was. He knows how to get her how to do his dirty work. We've kind of looked at him as wimpy. He's just as tough as she is. He's just as... Conniving, that spirit is conniving enough to manipulate her. We've put all the manipulation on her. He's just as manipulative. That Ahab spirit is just as ugly and dirty as she is. So watch out for the Ahabs. 
And it's not just a, a wimpy man. That's what we wanted to say. Wimpy man sitting at home, the wife does everything. That's not necessarily true. If, and I, I feel like this, if you're aligned with them, oh, well, I, I'm just a friend. I'm just listening to him. You are just as much in all of that. You've got that on you just as much as they do. And don't just tell me that you're hanging around just to go hang out or whatever. You, you may be, but I'm telling you, you're being just as controlled by that and operating in it as much as they are. That's just my personal belief. I don't have anything to back it up other than that's just what I felt the Lord gave me. But So we have to be careful about who we're aligning ourselves with, who we're hanging out with. If you're hanging out with somebody that's operating, that's manipulative and controlling, you may need to move over a bit. You may be being controlled by something that's not the Lord. Amen? These are the things that's shutting us down. That's why I'm trying to talk about these things. I, maybe you all know about all these things. These are things that we must be aware of. We must be aware of. God's plan is for them to repent. God loves them. God loves the person that's operating in these. Personally here, I don't think I've ever seen anybody that's been, that we've tried to talk to, we, I'm saying these two, that they have tried to talk to and to help pull them through that, they've all ran. Nobody stayed and said, you're right, Pastor. I want to get this right. I have read in a book of Jane Hammond in Florida, they said that they have helped some people get through it. And it sounded like it was a war. It's not easy to let go of some of those things because you know why? We like to be in control. We like to have that power. That, and, and I want to tell you, I see how some of this started out as innocent because whenever women or men, whenever you've been abused, you've been abandoned, you've been rejected, you've been molested, you've been hurt, you start putting a thing around you that says, nobody's going to hurt me ever again, and you begin to control every situation that's around you. So if we don't get healed up by the precious Lord Jesus Christ, the enemy comes in and then we be, that spirit enters and it, we start feeding it then. And there's no way we're walk, walking in that supernatural walk because the counterfeit and the real light of Jesus don't mix. They don't go together. <laughs> they don't go together. But let's look at that verse 2 again. It says that she sent a messenger. The spirit of Jezebel will always send a demonic prophetic messenger unto you to say something. So be aware of the messenger spirit. Because it's not just her. She'll have someone to do her bidding. And whenever I saw this, I was like, Lord Jesus, we just, I just experienced this a few months ago. And I was like, oh. Ah. And I was reading through a book that was talking a lot about this. But you know when you're in the middle of something, sometimes you can't see it. And when I went back to this, I thought, my Lord the messenger spirit. And I hadn't really heard too much about that. I believe it's real. I read it in a book. I heard that spirit, uh, well, it was actually on a Facebook messenger. That's where I heard it. But what did Elijah do? When the messenger spirit came to him, what did he do? He considered the message. And whenever you consider it, what happens? It opens yourself up for a big demonic force of fear to come in. And it sends you running. And that's exactly what happened to him. We can't consider the message. That's right. That spirit operates today in the same way. The last big move of God in your life will be forgotten. 
and you'll be on the run, and you'll be scared out of your wits. You'll be saying, I quit. I, your faith, your calling, and your anointing and everything will be gone if we consider the message. The messenger usually doesn't come from a stranger or somebody you don't know. Why? Because we wouldn't accept it. It comes from somebody we know, and we consider it, and it says, gotcha. Anytime you feel like giving up, you've been hit by a demonic messenger. When you feel like giving up, you know what? That means you're winning. You should have a party. Don't stop. We've got to do the complete opposite of everything that it want to makes us feel. So we've got to become aware of how the supernatural works. Yes, we're for the supernatural of God, but that counterfeit, we have been dumb to a lot of things. And we've accepted it as, oh, that's just who they are. They affect us. Those spirits affect us. And it shuts us down. I, I say, we have, I want to wise up to these things, don't you? Yes. Because I have felt like, and you know what? I was thinking about this, the messenger thing, and it can come at you in a lot of different ways. It can bring discouragement. I was discouraged this morning when I got the text that says, I'm sick, I can't do the nursery. That was discouraging to me. I'm trying to make sure I have the music right. I was trying to think about this. Then I have to try to figure out that. And I'm not saying feel sorry for me, but I was pretty discouraged. I, I realize some of this I'm talking about that's bigger than just the nursery, but you know what? It's a big deal. They want to come to church. We ne I need some help. I feel like I'm like juggling about 20 plates up here. And I need somebody to take some plates off my hand. I would gladly give them to you. <laughs> it's not all on me. And, and, and that's not my point. But I'm just saying discouragement can come in many, many ways. And I couldn't open myself up to that. We walked out, and Rob was encouraging and saying things to me, and I just could have just fell to the floor. But it, honestly, I didn't want to mess up my makeup, so I held it together. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. I didn't want to have to go fix my makeup. It did. So I had to do the opposite of the way I was feeling, and I said, honey, thank you. I'm believing what you say. Thank you for encouraging me. It's not how I feel. <sighs> Here I am. But last week, Tommy compared our walk, our race, to a game. And if we're to win, we have to know the playbook, and we have to know our opponent. And that Jezebel spirit is a big one that we better wake up to. And if you all want the book, I'll order 10 million of them because I'm telling you, I've read it twice and I still don't know all there is to know about it. But we need to, and it's really easy because it's like the guy's just kind of talking to you. It's not like hard. It's my, my kind. But we, we must be aware of these, of these things. So I, I feel like that... Um, I, I've tried to expose some of these things today. You know, if you're in, operating in any of these, any of control, you know, I urge you today to repent. It's no different than any other sin. Repent. Ask God to free you from it. God doesn't want to, and, and women I know can go there. And it's not our job to, to control the world. And it's not the guy's job to control the world. And if you're married, y'all can control it together. Be happy. But I, and I know how it is. You think you're helping. You think that, you know, a lot of that stuff, it's their responsibility. Let them sit back. Watch a show. 
Let them figure it out. You don't want to take that responsibility away from your husband. Just like Rob doesn't want to take away the job of me preparing a meal. See, he's good about that. And I'm good about letting him go to work every day and provide what we need to have provision for. It works out great for us. We've never had a fight over money. Never. There's no reason to fight about it. Rob's idea, he told me that I just need to go make some more money. I'm like, yeah. Everybody's happy. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, I understand it doesn't always work that way, but that's Rob's theory, and it's working for us, so, you know, whatever. <laughs> oh. But Elijah didn't stay down, and I'm not going to continue on. This. I probably went too long, but he didn't stay long down long, and he didn't give up. So you may be down and have ran off, you may have left here last Sunday and said, yay, God, and walked out and ran off and hid and said, I give up. God, kill me. But we're here this week. He didn't kill you, so you're here. So we're back again. Just try it again another week. But I want to end where I started off with Luke 4. Jezebel controlled and manipulated Stop your walk. The messenger wants us to give up. But this is our assignment. This is who we are. You can stand. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us because he has anointed you to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent you to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. And that's just not something, somebody having trouble with their eyesight. To set free those who are oppressed to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. That, year, that favorable year of the Lord is right now. It's today. It's, it's what he has for us. I just want to pray over you. We always have an opportunity to pray for people I don't know that this is a message where anybody needs prayer. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't really sort it out of how to even end with this. But I'm going to pray, and if you need prayer for healing, if you need prayer for anything, and just because you come up here doesn't mean you're having prayer for a spirit of control, okay? I feel like sometimes things can even get quist, twisted, and it stops us from getting prayer or dealing with anything. And you know what? You may be here today, and you don't even know Jesus, Jesus loves you. He died for you. He has eternal life for you. All you have to do is say, yes, Lord, I'm wrong. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Take away my sins. He loves us just the way we are. Lord, we just come to you now in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that you give us the strategy and you show us how to defeat the enemy. And Lord, you defeat the enemy. It's the, the power is in you. And Lord, we give you honor. We give you glory. I praise your high and holy name today. I bless you. You can start that music. Lord, we just thank you, God. I thank you for your miracle power that sets people free. I just release today his giftings, his callings. His power is working to, to free us from anything that would hold us back from him. If you need prayer again today, just like last week, of where you feel like you, you want to say yes to him again, and you're feeling weak, come, Tommy will pray for you again. My dad will pray, Rob will pray for you. Lord, we just come to you, Lord. We do get weak. <laughs> you are strong where we're weak. The Spirit of the Lord is here. His anointing is here. He's bringing release to those that are cap held captive. Your freedom is in this place.
bless you, Lord. Keep praying. Lord, we bless you. We love you, Lord. Stay engaged. Lord, we press in. We press into you, Lord. So much struggle, so much pain.